Welcome into the Warehouse, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles and Major League Baseball. The Warehouse is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Welcome into the warehouse. We're back July 28th, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. And the Orioles have just wrapped up another win today, beating Tampa 3-0. The Orioles are now 50-49 on the year. I'm joined by my BSL colleagues, Brad Johnson and Matt Corey. Excited to talk a little uh, uh, baseball here. Uh, kind of just kind of frame in as I'm looking for my... Uh, uh, the questions I had, but let me just uh, frame in for you guys. Actually, it would have helped if I would have <laughs> recorded, so. I'll, oh. Nice. <laughs> Free me. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's just recording I on my end, so, I see it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> technology oh, yeah. has changed a little bit here. Uh, that's just my fault for not doing the pod on a regular basis. Technology has changed in front of us. So we are recording. Uh, the Orioles are 15. It's all real. It's all happening. It's true. Basically, Basically, it's all happening, and I'm just, you know, uh, uh, None of it is enjoying made it. So, uh, Matt, let's just start with you. Do we have to? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You know, based off the expectations that we had prior to the year and where the Orioles are now, just kind of frame, frame it and uh, your thoughts on the Yeah, I think it's going so really well. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone doesn't think that. Uh, you know, just, just in a big-picture perspective, you know, the, the pitching staff has been – you know, much better than than certainly I expected. Uh, you know, low strikeouts, but really low walks. So they're making it work. They're stranding a lot of runners. Um, I, you know, the uh, the offense is kind of the best possible scenario of, of what the offense could be. You know, it, it's certainly not great, but it's middle of the pack. Like the, a lot of the guys have, uh, you know, that we talked about before the season, have been productive players. You know, Anthony Santander has gotten on pace uh, in addition to hitting 17 homers. Um, he's been a productive corner outfielder. And, you know, I didn't really think that uh, that he had it in there. Uh, you did, Chris, so credit to you on that one. You know, the same thing with Austin Hayes. Uh, you know, he's been productive, not great, but productive, you know, and he stayed healthy. Um, you know, Mullins has come back to earth a little bit. Um, another guy I was wrong on, I thought he was – going to keep doing five win seasons, but no, uh, still uh, a very uh, a productive center fielder, uh, even at this level. And, and then of course, uh, you know, you add in Adley Rushman um, and uh, you know, I think he's really a game changer. If you look at what the Orioles got out of the catching position in 2021, they were the worst in baseball by F war. Um, and this season they're at 20th, but that's mostly because Robin Chirinos, grades out so badly by Fangraph's numbers. Um, and Rushman is more than enough, even in the small sample that he's been up to out, uh, I don't know what the word is, to to, uh, to counteract that, <laughs> those bad numbers. Uh, and of course, as Adley's up, he's going to play more. Uh, Torinos is going to play less. And so those numbers should get better going forward. So, um, you know, I guess the, the one you know, negative thing that I can think of right now is is Grayson Rodriguez's injury that that hurts. Still, um, he would look great at the top of this rotation. Um, 
but uh, you know, <laughs> tin sap. Um, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, and uh, unfortunately, that uh, that continues to to happen. Uh, Max Meyer just uh, is going to have Tommy John surgery um, for the, uh, the the Marlins, so that that kind of thing continues to happen. But but in any yeah. case, uh, I, I think it's all uh, all great, mostly uh, you know for Orioles fans. Um, you know, it's a, a competitive season. Um, is really deserved and it's it's uh it's great to see it happening uh right here in front of us no rodriguez no means game over 500 fourth place forgot about me my uh, bad now three games out of the uh third wild card uh your thoughts on the season though brad Uh, those are good points and I, i think it's no coincidence that the orioles really started to step up when uh rutschman entered the lineup uh that's not only added more on the catching side, it extends the lineup. It starts to create some network effects offensively that um, you know, the team can really benefit on. And you see other guys in the lineup also picking up around the same time. Uh, could be coincidence. I, I think it's maybe a little bit of coincidence, a little bit of just the lineup's gotten better. Uh, on, on the subject of Rodriguez, that's probably a, that's a really tough blow because it might be the difference between them really you know, putting a little bit of effort into this trade deadline and um, as opposed to what they're probably going to do and you know, sort of stand pat. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute, I think. Um, on the whole, like I wrote an article uh, for a season and I, I, I kind of set myself up to say they'd have like 72 to 75 wins and I pulled my punch at the end and said like 69. Uh, so they're, they're definitely outperforming preseason expectations everyone on the forums was saying under my 69 uh so it's looking good i might have taken the under on that as well and clearly Uh, that was wrong yeah they're the year has gone exceptionally well especially for the expectations that came into the year i think all the power rankings from all the national sites would have had the orioles no higher than 28th going yeah. into the year. Uh, I'll go back and look, but I think most of them were 28 to 30, somewhere in that in that range. And the expectation was, you know, 70 wins might be a stretch, and that was understandable in the division where you had four teams that were expected to win 90 games uh, uh, plus. Then you lose means early in the year, and the Orioles somehow get past that. Uh, Rodriguez is on the verge of a call-up. He gets injured. Still, the pitching has uh, far exceeded expectations. Obviously, the bullpen has been tremendous. Seven guys, I believe, in the top 50 right now in uh, uh, WPA. Um, Lopez and Bautista. Bautista just closed out the game today. Just really strong years at the back end there. Uh, And then the the lineup has been productive. And you guys both mentioned Adley. I believe it's now 12 games over 500 since he joined uh, joined the roster. So uh, um, going hand-in-hand with your comments there. So, Brad, you mentioned the trade deadline. That's rapidly approaching uh, the Orioles and Mancini. They have a mutual option available for next year. Been lots of talk about Mancini over the past year and, and trading and certainly seemed like a move that you would have anticipated probably uh definitely happening a couple of months ago if you weren't expecting to be anywhere near contention at this point but here you are just a couple games out of the wild card uh what are you expecting to happen with him what should happen with him i mean it's a guy that's uh 
while he provides value to the Orioles, is he's only going to have so much value in a trade market. But there is the argument of getting something versus and adding something to your system, uh, whatever that something is, as opposed to nothing. But there's also the counter argument of uh, you have a very deep uh, system that's been uh, been added by the most recent draft, and you're having the best success you've had at the major league level in five years. Do you just let it ride for the rest of this season and, and, and just enjoy this? So what are your thoughts there, and uh, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, so uh, you, you touched on several of the points I was intending to make. Uh with, with Mancini and, and just the Orioles' deadline approach in general, I think we're going to see them, uh, and they've been talking about it, uh, really sticking with the – I got, I got dogs barking. Uh, they're going to try to stick with that original process that they had in, in mind uh, entering the season. They're not going to try to, to you know, pivot into immediate contention. Maybe they find a guy or two they can pick up for what they consider to be free. But uh, on the whole, I think the, the idea is to you know, look ahead into the future. Uh, Mancini specifically, I think that might be kind of their deadline addition by not subtracting him. Um, we see the Benatendi trade. That's probably about the upside of what you can expect from Mancini. Uh, he's a little less uh, versatile in terms of how teams can use him, and uh, teams are sensitive to that. Uh, I don't see the Orioles system as one that benefits from that sort of trade. Uh, they have enough guys that are kind of in that mold. And when you got too many guys in that mold, it, uh, it makes it difficult from a development perspective. Sometimes uh, there's a, such a thing as having too many prospects and I'll, I'll let Matt take over before my dogs get too loud. Yeah. I was going to, you know, I, I think, I think Brad's right. You know, I, I think you don't really need to. And, at, you know, not trading Mancini is, is sort of a deadline addition in and of itself. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see which way the Orioles go on this, because I think, you know, do they think that they have a sustainable team that can compete for a wild card spot? If they do, then yeah, I think you hold on to him. If they don't, then maybe you do make that move. But how much, you know, I think to Brad's point, how much value is there for the Orioles to get the, you know, the Giants number 19 and 36 prospects or, or whatever they get, uh, you know, for, for Mancini? Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think a lot of the Royals front office. So I, I don't know how, um, you know, across baseball, this the Benintendi trade would be viewed. But I tend to think Benintendi is a better trade chip than Mancini is. Benintendi's hitting better. He's a better defender. They each have half a season left on their contracts. Uh, and so I tend to think that if that is a representative trade, you know, uh, Mancini nets less than Ben Benintendi did. And what Benintendi got, I mean, for the Royals, it makes sense. They're going nowhere. Their system sucks. I don't think those situations apply to the Orioles. But, you know, Elias is a guy that sticks with his convictions, and I, I, I'm curious to see which way it will go. Yeah, it's an interesting, just an interesting uh, litmus test of, of where the Orioles think they are and, again, sticking to that uh, convictions. I mean, he's a good enough player to help, 
And he also may not be a good enough player to pull much uh, of a respective haul. So it's... Let me ask you. Can uh, I ask you guys? Um, what would your yeah. initial reaction be, regardless of what they get back, if you just saw a high, you know, a, a, on MLB trade rumors, Orioles trade Mancini? What, what's your initial reaction to that? Are you upset? Or, or do you think, oh, okay, I guess this is just the front office is doing what they do and we're, we're sort of on board with that? I'd be a little disappointed just because I I like teams taking their shots when they have them, and I know the Orioles probably feel like we're going to have a lot of shots. We've we've built this thing, and it's going to be good for a while. They always say you can't predict baseball, and you know, the next few years might not go the way this year is. It's they've they've kind of like high rolled their outcomes on yeah. a lot of things uh, with this roster, and uh, this is pretty much the best outcome they could have expected and i think there's value in taking opportunities to try to get into october to try to give your players even if a lot of these players aren't going to be on future postseason contenders get those that are experienced competing uh, beyond the regular season even just playing september games that matter uh, that can have a huge effect a huge positive impact on on the team in the future it could also have a positive impact on a fan base who's now just started Absolutely. to like uh, check back in a little bit. Um, if you deal Mancini and it's for return similar to what Biantendi got uh, there, you know the fan base who the moderate fan who's just now checking in and saying, "Oh look, the team has been somewhat interesting uh, this year." It's hard to get them to uh, again buy in. Uh, I'm also of the opinion, you know, I I wouldn't be opposed to a three-year extension. A lot of Oriole fans would probably not want to see that. Some would. The people that don't think you could probably better optimize the DH position between rolling players in, perhaps a Rutschman on his, his days off. I think you could still make it work. You still have both. There's a mutual option that could be available for next year, and that might make sense for both sides for just running back for one more, uh, one more year and see where you are. I'm not expecting Mancini to go into free agency if he does and pull significant numbers. So uh, that might make sense uh, more than anything. But yeah, I think I'd be overall. I think I'd probably be disappointed. That's based off the, the expected return that you know I think would be coming back, but. Uh, what I would not do right now is trade both Mancini and Santander, which that's plausible could happen. And it's not over, uh, it's not that I don't think Santander is replaceable. Been a lot of talk all year about wanting to get, uh, Stowers in, in a triple a having a nice year to re replace him. But Santander's had 1400 major league at bats at this point. Stowers would be breaking in and going through his initial adjustments in the major league level. I think if you have any, you know, you want to make these last two months interesting, you don't take two veteran bats out of your out of your lineup and uh, you know uh, and try and roll. But you know, I understand the argument in the opposing way. Uh, kind of in line with that potential future DH discussion and what you do if that position. Uh, 
You have Ramon Urias, who's been on fire in July. He's an above-average defensive third baseman, just turned 28. Uh, curious what you guys think the Orioles might have there, man. Yeah, he's a nice player, and he's put up a season, you know, in terms of value, more or less in line with what he did last year. Um, getting there a little differently, you know, more power, less on base percentage, but, um, you know, certainly a, a, a nice guy to have while they wait for maybe a more long-term guy like a Kobe Mayo or Gunnar Henderson, depending on how they, you know, they end up playing that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have any problem with him as the starter next season. Um, yeah. The good to go yeah. into the year, begin the year as a p- potential bridge. He has that uh, position. Brad, I was just going to leave, I'll leave you a little bit more than the open-ended question I had there. So you had really what I'm thinking is, if you go into next year kind of penciling him into a position and if you are like me and you're expecting Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg to be up uh, holding two positions in the infield pretty early next year, and that can be second, short, and third for Westberg, probably second. It can be uh, short and third for Henderson. Um, if Urias is at third, if you're penciling him in there and Henderson then becomes penciled in at shortstop, it probably leads you to not pursuing one of the four free agent available uh, uh, shortstops. So, I, yeah, I'm just curious. Urias is not going to be viewed as somebody that would stop you, I guess, from necessarily if you want to go pursue the, the, the cream that's available, that's not going to stop you, but he could potentially change um, change your pursuit, I guess. Uh, just if you're penciling him into a, a position. But I guess a pencil is not pen. Is that kind of kind of your thought process, sir? Yeah. It, he's basically a poor man's Chris Taylor. And hmm. when you're... Especially once... Before that guy is really firmly established as like a five-year veteran who does it year after year. Uh, this is a an asset type where if you're building a contender, you want this to be your 10th or 11th man. You intend to use him. You intend to play him a lot. He's going to get his 400 plate appearances, but uh, you, you want it to be as someone who's mostly coming in to fill the, the holes that open up. So in that way, I would look at him as a consolation uh, prize yeah. in case you miss those short stops. Uh, but I would still be as the Orioles. I, I think it's a, an important opportunity for him to, add to the payroll and to the, the bottom line of the team. You put Westberg at second, you put Henderson at third, and you move Urias around as you need him. What do you think, uh, with Urias staying on there for one second and going back to Mancini as well, what's a better option for the Orioles? Having Mancini back for a year on the mutual option or having Urias kind of penciled in as the DH but also having the position versatility to play second short and and third there in reserve I, i'd want them both like there's yeah. you you look around at the the truly excellent teams in the league it, they're not bringing in nine starters they're bringing in 12 13 starters to a season and maybe a couple of those are playing in triple a but for the most part uh they're all on the team and their their roles scale up and down as uh guys are healthy and that also helps keep players healthy because you can shift people out of the lineup without feeling like you've really pulled uh, your punch that day. 
So, uh, again, kind of sticking to the trade deadline and kind of figuring out where the Orioles are now, but also looking ahead, you've got two starters that are uh, getting a lot of mention, Luis Castillo and Frankie Montez as being available. Uh, any preference between the two? Uh, both would be under contract for next year. And do you think the Orioles could obtain either with some package of uh, Mayo, Vavra, Stowers, Kowser, Norby, Preto, Rom, and uh, Brad, I'll just start with you here. Well, to answer if the O's could obtain them, absolutely. Like they, they have more than enough stuff. They don't have to pull from the top of the farm to do it either because they have a lot of depth. Uh, Kowser in particular, who you mentioned, I, I love him. I think he's going to be an incredible leadoff man and uh, really hope they don't trade him because he's going to fit really nicely into that lineup. Uh, should they? Uh I don't know. I I don't. You're, you're basically. If you're getting them, you're 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 pushing in on the contention this year a little bit, which is nice. It's good to see, uh, but it's also giving you a pretty narrow window to go after next year too. Uh, I I'm not at the point where I'd be thinking about extensions on either of those guys quite yet in terms of like that being something that you could count on as part of the trade. Uh, so you'd be making a very short-term bet when the best part of the window uh, probably is 2024 and beyond. Uh, 2023 is probably your first real hard shot at contending. Uh, but when you look at other rebuild teams, uh, 2024 tends to be what lines up with when they've uh, But if you're using market. that larger depth and you're not, uh, you're not, you know, I like Kowser, I like a number of those pieces actually, but you know, a number of them could start helping as soon as, as next year. Uh, but they're more secondary pieces if they're potentially able to obtain a piece and help open the window for 23 does it really are you closing the window you know i, I would get your point if they're closing i don't have the confidence window, in yeah. that move uh, i'll right. say um and my read of uh their front office is they're they're not bold uh in terms mm. of their their trade actions but i could be wrong and they might change their opinion rapidly yeah, I don't know that you're necessarily uh, wrong either. I, I'm just, I'm definitely of the opinion that before next year, they're going to need to obtain one front end starter uh, somewhere. Uh, Means will be back at some point, but you're not sure directly when. Uh, Elias is on the record of saying that Rodriguez will start in the in the major league rotation next year, but. You know, it's going to be his rookie year. We'll see and see, see where he is. But uh, I can craft a, a scenario next year that if they have a, a front-end starter and it means gets back at a, let's call it mid-June, and he's a reasonable facsimile of what he's been, that with those three at the top of the rotation, that then you've got a, I, I don't know, you, you at least have a chance to, uh, and there are, uh, basically on the verge of being a wild card team right now <laughs> with uh, you know next year with less division games and uh, uh and a better overall roster yeah uh, i i think the window could be open but uh matt just kind of a, on a larger larger sense there uh not just the orioles just any preference between the those two starters uh and uh what you see of them
Right. You're, you're spending money on a guy. You're spending money on guys turning thirty, and to give and to obtain them, you're giving up uh, right. the most valuable commodity in baseball, the cheap team control. So it, it would be that's difficult because Mayo could be a third baseman by the middle of next year, or could be at first. Or, uh, Stowers we talked about could be a corner outfielder. Could be in a couple in a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, that argument that argument was made uh, by our our colleague, uh, yes, sir. and he and he made a I think a strong, reasonable argument. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame offensive uh, offensive talent. I mean, it's uh, you're, yeah, you're you're it, signing a Hall of Famer at that point. I, I mean, he's he's a he's a generational talent that here at age twenty, he's still twenty three, I believe, and he's already put put up. Uh, a ridiculous offensive production. Uh, I do have some questions. The fact that he defense seems to be pretty, pretty poor at, at age twenty three. I don't know how that's going to age. Uh, I was in I was in the minority. Well, I think Brad wrote a very reasonable argue argument. It's a generational talent. Anytime you have a chance to get get the Hall of Fame player, I can't say it's a. <laughs> it'd be hard to argue against it, especially when he's years from his prime. Uh, a supposed prime, but uh, I'll be in the minority. I, I, I would not want Soto for, for the cost that it would take, and that and then the the player capital plus the contract. If it was just a contract, if he was a free agent, that would be fairly easy. I don't. I I, I could spend the money, although I I would prefer to just overload the, the money over five to seven years and give him an. Give him an out versus a ten to fifteen year deal. Who I'm not real excited about for anybody, but that's just me. Uh, we ain't bat soda real further. <laughs> well, if, if you're doing any of the trade that it would cost to get soda, it has to be with an extension. I mean, you cannot pay the player capital cost. To obtain at, him, at least and, the intent to extend him. I don't think there's going to be an opportunity to work the extension window into these trades. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know how I don't know how the Orioles could possibly part with like a is as, as talented as Soto is, and as much of a possibility as the prospects are. I don't know how you could deal the prospect potential haul for. Maybe we're going to get the <laughs> the the extension with Soto because. 
as good as he is, and you can look at L.A. with, with uh, what good is one you know one <laughs> one player if you don't have the surrounding uh, the surrounding core? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might he might have seventy home runs in that little uh, little league uh, right field uh, that they have there. You know. Well, it, that is a, a reasonable argument that you could get a, uh, somewhat of a return. Of course, the Royal fans saw uh, trying to trade Machado with not a whole lot of team control uh, left and what that return was. Just to put it out there as, uh, as the hypothetical, if you didn't read Brad's article, he suggested uh, Rodriguez or uh, Gunner, Kowser or Mayo, Westberg or Hall, plus Stowers, Norby, and... Uh, Leonardo Arias for Soto and Corbin, which I thought was a uh, a very sound, logical uh, uh, point there, Brad, of taking on Corbin's contract, which that makes sense. Uh, that turned out to be the talking point of everyone right after I wrote that, too. Uh, they, they actually, uh, like Grizzo, just came out and said, no, we're not doing that, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. Without Corbin in there, I don't know how you, like, build enough of a prospect package to, to get him and have a farm system. Yeah, him and Rodriguez are right on that, like, edge of top five. Depends on the list. They can range from, like, five to 15. So, um, interesting uh, article there. It was discussed plenty at the board. If you didn't see it, check out Brad's article at the site. Uh, and I'm not expecting Soto to, to wind up as an Oriole. That would be a surprise. But if it, if it does... Uh, if, uh, if, if a mystery team shows up, I might yeah. think it's the it's the Orioles. Because the Cardinals I, are I already mean, involved. They're usually the mystery team. To the point about being the mystery team, the Orioles do have the player capital where they they could. Uh, if, if they actually wanted to be involved, they could. The, the fly in the ointment there is that the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles are not doing it. The more I think about it, <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's a front office-like mentality and ownership mentality thing, I think, uh, where are, are they – purely playing by process there are they purely playing by the numbers because that's going to 
usually tell you to be cautious and not go for Soto. But if you have someone in a decision-making capacity who's more of a visionary, more thinking, we can get this guy, we can extend him, we will have a Hall of Famer uh, that's wearing the Orioles cap. Uh, that that's a, that's a really spicy allure, and uh, I'm, I'm sure half dozen teams are thinking that right now. Uh, I, I still think even if the Orioles made decided to be in in it and made the best offer, I think there is zero chance of the Nationals trading with the Baltimore Orioles. There, so there's nothing really stopping the Orioles from doing some shady dealings with Masson, uh just like. <laughs> And they're not going to do this, like, uh, but there's there's really like no way to to stop them from saying we'll give you an extra five percent in like a year and a half, and, <laughs> hey, and working yeah, that in cool. as part of the deal. Yeah, we trade the uh, uh, the network and the rights. So I mean, it, very interesting. My last comment on Soto, regardless of where he goes, again going back to what I would would offer, like I'd be much more comfortable offering him five to seven years at 50 million a year than I would be extending out the deal for you know, 10 to 15. And the argument I would make, make yeah, I, I guess that's right. You, I would you just, could put the opt-out in there and front-load it a little bit and hold yeah. the opt-out if that's what you're concerned about. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that to me, it's just, you know, give him the chance to opt-out, which he probably does where he can – by the time he's hitting 30, he can have another huge uh, 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 payday. Yeah, you know, we, we really have no idea what kind of contract structure he's interested in. Uh, we, we know he doesn't want a backloaded deal. That's all we know. He might, he might be fine with 440 if it's evenly spread. He probably wants 500 because uh, who wouldn't? <laughs> but he might want 600. He might want 750. We have no idea, really. Just that 440 is not enough. Right, right. At a twenty-nine million average, uh, it's not enough. That might play too. Jumping back to the Orioles, uh, while he's not yet hitting for average, uh, Rutschman has taken over the team lead in OPS, at least entered today. He's having great at-bats. He's already put up 18 doubles and, uh, again, 179 at-bats entering today. To me, it looks like he could be a monster as early as next year. Uh, Matt, just curious, any uh, initial impressions from you? A winning player, uh, part of it's probably hard to quantify, uh, Brad, but you can just see the enthusiasm that he has uh, uh, behind the plate uh, after innings. Uh, it does look contagious, just uh, any 
thoughts did you have? I, I, I don't have a lot to add on the analytical side and uh, not being in the clubhouse, I can't say for certain his effect. Uh, it does seem like um, you know, everything points to him being an energizing force, a spark plug for the team. And I do think a lot of the, the things that are missing from his offensive game right now, they'll, they'll come around. He's going to hit for a decent average eventually. He's going to hit for more power. Uh, it's probably not elite offense, uh, but it could be you know a good 30% above average, which is pretty rare from a catcher. And uh, it, he, he, he's, he's impressed me, and I was ready to be impressed. And so he's, he's met my expectations. He's got to be on the list, well, uh, one, because of the talent, and two, because of the contract. So, uh, um, uh, where... <laughs> yeah, are we, are we resetting all the contracts at this point? <laughs> He'd be in my top ten. I don't think he's number one, but top ten. Yeah, without the con... Without the contract, there's probably a handful of names above, but he would be close because of the um, age, position, and talent. So, yeah. and, and I'd want to dig in more on his his defensive chops. Like he passes the eye test, but I, I haven't really examined him very minutely. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'd want a better understanding of a few a few aspects of his game that I'm playing. Wait, I haven't seen any. Right I haven't seen any pitch framing uh, numbers, but. Uh, again, and we I, don't know how relevant that'll be for how long. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just uh, I, I test for whatever it is is that uh, the pitchers really seem to enjoy <laughs> working with him, uh, and there seems to be. I don't know. There's some catchers that you can like. I, I guess it means less in 2022 because it seems like the dugout calls uh, some level of pitching, and we also have the uh, uh, pitch com as well. But I don't know. A catcher that can actually call a game and have some effectiveness. I mean, you know, I, I've always respected that, and he seems to have some of that. But, yeah, dig in, Brad. That'll be something good to look at at, at some point. Uh, he was the number one pick overall in the draft. Another one the Orioles had uh, just this past week, Jackson Holiday. Uh, any quick takes on the, on the draft class, Brad? You know, I, I, didn't get, I didn't dig too deep into the draft class this year. So, you know, the, the guys they took uh, after Holiday, they seem – Appropriate for those those picks for the most part. Uh, they they signed Holiday very slightly under the uh, slot, which is exactly what I expected when they picked him. Uh, he's a good choice for number one. Uh, he's he's up in that mix, and I, I think they they executed a pretty clean draft. Uh, n- not super excited about it, but I think they they did well enough. I, I, in in terms of like you you knew that they should like get like a ton of assets like it, they're 
and 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 they did pretty well and, and my dogs are going nuts behind me so i'm a bit distracted <laughs> all good uh matt maybe just put a bow on it in terms of we've we've wondered it we knew they have a a preference uh for college bats they have more information there they did go with the high school player here uh um there wasn't a pitcher there at the top of the draft that was a, a reasonable uh, argument, uh, um, but uh, they took a high school position player uh, and they didn't shy away. They weren't looking for uh, the best deal either where, where they could have used more of their money later in the class. So they took the player that they liked and you go off that, right? <laughs> There's lots of draft discussion at the board. Come and join that. There was a thread for each player selected. You can uh, dive in there. Uh, plenty of links in those threads to commentary around the game. My only last thought on Jackson Holiday is that I feel very old, not just because of watching his uh, father uh, play and uh, retire, but looking at Jackson and thinking that's a 12-year-old who just got signed to a very uh, <laughs> large deal. But... That's just me, old man, shaking a stick at this point. So, uh, all right, and we'll uh, wrap up here, kind of rapid fire, last couple things. Uh, Matt, you can have the Yankees, Dodgers, or Astros, or you can have the field to win the World Series. Who do you take? Brad, I ended up with the field too, and uh, if we knew for certain that those three teams were going to get uh, buys, then I'd feel a little more confident maybe taking them, but there's still an outside chance the Dodgers don't get one of those early buys, and so if they're in the wild card round, anything can happen. Uh, so uh, I, I, my, my, my thought process is basically that the postseason is chaos, and I'll take more teams over fewer teams. Yep, short series. Anything can happen at, at, at a time. Not always the best team well wins. Definitely have seen that. We've talked about Soto, so 
Uh, let's finish with Otani. Uh, are we expecting him to be moved, Brad? I don't think so. You know, he probably should be. Uh, it's just that the Angels, I mean, they thought they were contending early, and they, I probably feel like they have these stars, and if they just catch the right breaks, they're going to uh, have a really good team, but... Uh, they don't. They've not never shown the capacity to catch these breaks, and you, you gotta wonder what's missing. They've they've tried changing the top personnel all all over the place, uh, but I think it's a an org wide problem that's just they're not any closer to solving in in my eyes. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably trade Otani if Trout hadn't had his injury. I'd be thinking about trading him too, honestly. Like I'd I'd be I'd be looking at rebooting that org because it's just so. Hopeless. And you can reboot fairly quickly with a trade of those two. You yeah, think, yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of haulage. Um, but yeah, I, I think they should move him. I don't know that they have the boldness or the uh, uh, even the permission to do so. He's also doing something that no one else does, and one of those things is throwing 100-mile-per-hour pitches, and that's a lot of injury risk, ton of injury risk. Cash it in. He's still going nuts in the background. <laughs> He's been going nuts the entire hour. He's been calm all day. <laughs> well, just to wrap up uh, Otani, I saw earlier in the month that he had the, as a hitter, the highest slugging percentage with runners in scoring position in 50 years. And as a pitcher, he had the lowest slugging percentage allowed uh, with runners in scoring position in 50 years. It's crazy oh. this stat you can come up with. <laughs> Uh, the uh, I, I think you know before he he joined the Angels, I think the common thought was that Trout was the most talented player that we had seen since Bonds, uh, and but I think you have to say his teammate performing at that level on both sides is is the most talented overall player in the world having having, having that uh, two-way capacity. Trade-wise, yeah. compared to him and Soto, obviously it differs because he does have that two-way capacity, but he is also older. 
So, uh, uh, in, in terms of the hall, and he has the less team control. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how that evaluates, how that falls out. Some Something for somebody else. Come and join us at the board, baltimoresportsandlife.com. Check out recent articles from uh, these two, Brad and Matt. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, Brad, that is... Baseball A-Team. <laughs> and Matt... There you go. Follow these two. Join them. Follow them. Come and join the comments at the board. And thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Take care.